0: Welcome back to Life 100 Podcast. This is Rosie, and it's so good to spend this time with you today. There are times when you meet someone who leaves a lasting impression. And our guest, I have the good fortune to meet several times. And every single time I knew that one day she will be with us, sharing her passion. Cynthia Romriel is a professional, a certified chocolatier, trained in her craft by master chocolatiers, and her journey is a unique one. So let's listen to her story and learn about chocolate, how she implements her creativity and technical knowledge when she prepares her elegant creations, about her appearance in the Food at Network Challenge, and what it takes to be a master. Of your craft. Cynthia, it is so good that you're here with us. Welcome to the show.
1: Yay, awesome. Thank you so much for having me.
0: My pleasure. When I read your interview, in Dish and Dames with Lorena Legarreta, who was also in this show, I learned about your journey that began when you left your town in Houston, Texas, on an academic scholarship to pursue a degree on secondary education at the University of Texas. And then, after graduation, you began your journey in your new profession, and you prepared these cookies and cakes for your students, and they love them. So, tell us more about your journey.
1: I felt very inspired by what I was doing for them, that in 2012, I followed my newfound passion for baking to attend culinary school.
0: And at this particular point, when you decided that you were going to study culinary art, what did you do next? What was the next step?
1: So I went to La Cordon Bleu. It was an amazing opportunity. It was what I needed because I didn't grow up baking, so I truly needed to go and learn the fundamentals
0: And you finish this portion of education in your field. You start working in this new profession. How this translated into specializing in chocolate?
1: After culinary school, I had the opportunity to work in several hotels and commercial kitchens throughout Austin. And in culinary school, you are only given four days of chocolate work. And those four days were one of the most amazing days of my time in culinary school and started working for commercial kitchens in Austin, I thought that I would be doing more chocolate work, but it turns out that because the banquets that we get in hotels is large numbers, sometimes 500, sometimes it's a thousand, it can go up to 2,000 during the holiday. and we don't have the time to spend on doing chocolate work, and so a lot of that was brought in, and we made our guests feel special. That was the whole point but I wanted to be the one to make it.
0: And then you make a decision that chocolate is going to be your specialty. What was the next step that you took?
1: So I went back to what always works for me. And what works for me is education. I did the research and I saw that there was a program to be a certified chocolatier. So it was through that that I started learning what it took to be a chocolatier and who they are because I had no idea who they even were. And so then that's how I started seeking those chefs out. I started Googling their name, finding them on social media, and then asking them questions. What was your path and how did you achieve your level of success? And one of the chefs that I truly admired, his name is Norman Love. He let me know that he's teaching a class in Chicago for professional chefs only. I went to Chicago I learned a lot about the art of chocolate. I also learned that there are chefs that are willing to allow other pastry chefs to go and learn for a whole week for free. And so that really sparked the idea of traveling and learning from master chefs. So that's what I did. For the past six years, I've been traveling every three months, learning from a master chocolatier. Because This was my passion. I was very driven. If I'm not gonna learn that where I'm at, then I'm just gonna travel and make it happen for myself.
0: Yes, absolutely. Because there are so many into it, not only the fundamentals, but also the techniques and the new things that are out is to maintain yourself with the latest, not only technology, but information, what people want, a new way to express your art through chocolate. Cause like you said in one of your Instagram posts, which I love is that every day is a good day for chocolate. <laughs> And I like this because I love chocolate, but with almonds and different people like different type of chocolates. Based on that, tell us about the type of chocolates in the chocolate world.
1: So there are four types of chocolate. There's dark chocolate, milk chocolate, white chocolate, and the newest one is ruby chocolate.
0: I never heard about it.
1: It's so delicious. It tastes like berries, very tangy and tart. It's naturally pink-hued. I love talking about ruby chocolate to people because they just have no idea how amazing it tastes. It's truly an honor to be the one to introduce that chocolate to them.
0: And the type of chocolate that is your favorite one to work with, can you tell us about it and why is your favorite?
1: Valrhona chocolate. Valrhona chocolate is my favorite and we only source the highest quality chocolate for our confections. We use Valrhona chocolate from France because it's very aromatic and I'm able to mix complementary flavors with the notes that are already in the chocolate. And it brings out the pure flavor and intense flavor out of our ganaches, gives them an incredible bite. So that's the chocolate that I use. I always tell people to embrace it and try it because five grams of chocolate, it's truly the sweetest way to sin.
0: (laughs) And I had the opportunity to try the almond inclusion bar. Tell me more about the ingredients that they have and the uniqueness of it.
1: Ah, thank you. I'm so glad you got to try it chocolate makers have created a way to make chocolate vegan. The almond inspiration is a vegan chocolate. And what I did with it is I casted it into a bar and I included dried apricot, strawberry crisps in there, almonds, pistachios, dark chocolate crisps, I kept it all very healthy and vegan, so that way I want my clients to have a variety of options because we do have a variety of options. So vegans are no longer just eating dark chocolate confections. There's so much technology that chocolate makers are doing to create more options for vegans to enjoy. Now, recently, there's a milk chocolate that is vegan, and it's incredible. It's so good. It is made from almonds. So what they did is they extracted the oil from almonds to create a vegan milk chocolate. And it's just, it's so good.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow. I'm glad you told us because now we are informed and looking forward to that chocolate bite that is available to us.
1: Yes, and they have yuzu-flavored strawberry, they have raspberry, and it's so exciting because I have those, that flavor as my base, and then I can just add to that. just makes it a hundred times more fun to layer on flavors. It's a very exciting time to be vegan in the confectionery world.
0: <laughs> of course, more options and more possibility to create, and talking about creation— Your presentation and your artistic details, when I go to your Instagram, it's like a journey in the world of chocolate. I love your stories. I love your posts because you show how things are done. You just manifest all the possibilities of chocolate. Based on that, what has been the most significant creation that you have had so
1: far? My most significant creation, it has to be the chocolate shoe. The chocolate high heel shoe that I made was very significant. I created that during the time of COVID. When COVID first hit, there was not a whole lot of information and it was scary. Students were no longer able to go to school and seniors were missing their prom and graduation. So I reached out to my friends who I knew had a daughter who was a senior. And I asked her if I could create something for her because she's not going to prom and graduation. Those are all milestones that you want to be a part of. And it was unfortunate for her that she wasn't able to take part of. So I wanted to make her feel special because that's what a pastry chef's role is, to make people's day a little sweeter, to make them feel cared for. I've never done a high heel out of chocolate before. So it was a lot of fun to figure it out, to create something new. And so I delivered it to her and she was just so fun. She was just like, this is exactly what I needed. And it made me feel like what I did mattered. And I'm really glad I had that moment with her.
0: Oh, and it matters. It matters because when I look at that image, it brings me happiness. The creativity is amazing. Also, the process of making it happen, the process of making this idea that you had into reality and then bring it to someone that you know is going to make the dirt better because that art that you created is beyond the fact that it's chocolate. The process of creation with what you know about chocolate, how does that process work?
1: inspiration when I least expect it because every day I get to start my day from scratch. I love art and I love Andy Warhol and he once stated, I like to listen to new ways to say old things and old ways to say new things and I feel like this is what keeps inspiring me to execute delicious desserts. Constantly fascinated with seeing this statement come to light in a well-composed chocolate confection or a dessert that is visually and aesthetically pleasing, mm-hmm. but also tantalizing to your palate. It's all about doing research. I do the research, I think about it. A lot of creators follow the medium that they use, A cake decorator need inspiration. They look for another cake decorator or an artist looking for another artist. Me as a chocolatier, I look at the world as for inspiration. I want it to be something very unique that is different. I know how chocolate works, so I know where it can go and where it can't. Knowing that and then getting inspiration from what the theme is, I work hard. I just work hard and I get it done.
0: Um, Yes, you do. And it shows (laughs) because not only the fundamentals, but also the different flavors and what you know it can do. For instance, your holiday treats. I've seen it. Each one is so unique and the different flavors. What type have you done that has been just spectacular?
1: Last year, I got to create apple pie, pecan pie, s'mores. I did a hot chocolate, eggnog. And I was able to create those flavors in a filling for my bonbons. And people loved them. It was very motivating because it was the first time I was truly doing research and development to get those flavors into a ganache that would make an amazing bonbon. And it was a lot of fun for me. I'm actually really excited to create those flavors again.
0: Yes, and they look fantastic. It's such a great addition to a table, to the festivities, and your postings are also very educational.
1: I've been a pastry chef for the past 10 years. I worked in various hotels, and when you work in fine dining... For hotels, you learn a lot about flavor combinations, what works and what doesn't. Because, you know, every three months changing the menu for those plated desserts. Mm -hmm. And a plate of dessert can have anywhere from six to nine flavors in one bite. That right there is where I feel like if I were to tell a novice where to start, I would tell him to start at a fine dining restaurant because learning plate of desserts, you truly learn what works with flavors and what doesn't.
0: That is wonderful. And talking about that experience, who inspired you that you learn from that person and then you continue from that point on?
1: My first exposure to this level of work was Norman Love. I did get to go to Chicago and learn from him. He remembered me a year later when I contacted him through email. So he was so yes, yeah, come over. I'll have you work with my pastry chefs. And then you can express what it is that you wanted to learn. And so the first day that I arrived, it was all about the basics how he runs his operation. Then the next few days, it was really learning different techniques and different innovative and creative ways to do pastry and chocolate work. I left his shop feeling so inspired and feel like he really set the tone for my career. And just so grateful for him and his dollar staff showing me the real work, the hard work that it takes to get to that level. And I wanted it, I wanted to do the hard work. So I started purchasing molds, cocoa butters and all the tools required for it. And I just practiced on my days off after work or before work if I had time. It became an obsession. I had to figure it out. I had to figure out my own style, my own way of doing things. And when I felt comfortable enough, then that's when I was, okay, let's open up my own shop. (laughs) That's
0: right. And you have done it. And it is a great journey that I have seen. And talking about that, your creations are available nationwide, correct? Yes, we
1: do get our bonbons nationwide.
0: And uh, how beautiful they are. And the packaging is just a present to receive. It's just gorgeous. For a person who's thinking, Cynthia is inspiring me to look after what I want to do. I want to go from idea to reality or maybe this is something that I might need to consider. What kind of tips can you share?
1: Well, when you have the idea, there's a lot of work you need to do. So you do research first, figure out how to get that education and then you put yourself in the position to create it. You have to work as an innovator. At the beginning, you're working to mostly figure it out. But after that phase wears out, then you have to work as an innovator to produce high quality, unique items that will attract customers and allow yourself to get uncomfortable.
0: (laughs) That is so Uh, true. Just like you said, allowing yourself to be uncomfortable. And to be a lifelong student, because you continue learning every single time and then applying that knowledge to your creations is something that it doesn't end, it's continue and evolves. When I learned that you were in the Candyland show from the Food Network channel, I never met anyone, anyone who's been on it. Tell me more about that experience, how it was for you and how it changed what you do. <coughs>
1: that was. I loved being a part of Candyland. Candyland it's a food competition by the Food Network and it's the board game come to life. Every challenge was in a different land and every challenge you had to create a show-stopping centerpiece that was all cake and to make it show-stopping it had to be about at least four feet tall. We had six hours we were all placed in teams of four It truly was a challenge because I've never worked with them before. I've never even met them before. (laughs) (laughs) And it's about compromise. You have to work fast, compromise in your ideas. We all had different training. We were doing different things. and So it was coming together and creating something that will allow us to move to the next challenge because the award was $25,000. And for someone that's wanting to open a business, that would have been an amazing thing, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> I really hard. That was a positive experience. I'm
0: really glad I did it. Oh, I'm so glad you did it because when I saw you there, this was in November of 2020s, And you can see the process of creation, how you have to adjust the things that you want to do versus what is the final outcome. It's so fun and informational and educational. Inspire you to try new things. And Cynthia, this is so important about the knowledge to have not only the craft, but the things that can be done. And if someone is looking for a mentor or something, should they look after to learn the right techniques in a way that they can duplicate or perform from that point
1: When I was first starting to travel and learn from Master Chocolatiers, I was getting a lot of exposure on how to create chocolate showpieces. And it was amazing the things that you can do, but I'm in their space using their tools. So we're creating this amazing showpiece, but I love feeling there's no way that I can replicate this in Austin because I don't have the tools Mm -hmm. until recently. I went and learned from a master chocolate in California, Stephon Trion. He truly taught me how to create using no mold and using no tools. He was, whatever you want to create, you can create it. This is how, and all we used was paper and tape. It was amazing to create this showpiece that was four feet tall. I left feeling so confident. I came back to Austin, and I feel like the sky's the limit. I can create anything and everything out of chocolate. It's very doable. So to find a mentor, that's who you have to find. Somebody that will show you in a way that when you leave their space, you can be in your space and create it. And
0: now you have your own shop? That is so exciting. And for someone who would like to have something special for the holidays, when will be a good time to start thinking about it so that you are able to create something for them?
1: Now is a great time. Let me know what your corporate orders are so that I can put it down on my planner.
0: And it takes time think- from idea to creation and delivery, and everything is a process. Correct. To let you know that we want some of your creations, what will be the best way?
1: The best way to contact me would be on well, my social at sinful Sweets ATX, and that's both Instagram and Facebook. Or you can go to my website, which is SinfulSweets.com, Sinful with a C, because of my name, Cynthia. It's a play on my name.
0: That's right. <laughs> Thank you so much, Cynthia, for being with us today. Thank you for the gift of your time, the gift of your creations. And I'm so excited to see what else is new for you. I truly appreciate you.
1: You're amazing. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I
0: had a lot of fun. Awesome. Thanks. What a great conversation. And I hope you will take that next step to make your dreams a reality. And remember to like, to comment, to subscribe, to share this episode. Because like I always say, life is better when we live it at 100.